Joe Power, the founder and designer and everything from Melbourne-based greeting card company Things by Bean. That's my spiel. And I'm Jeremy. Um, the man without a spiel. The adorable co-host <laughs> who <laughs> doesn't need a spiel. <laughs> oh no, that makes me feel insecure that I had a spiel. I feel like I, I'm hiding behind my spiel. <laughs> I'm feeling insecure because I don't have one, so okay, let's good. just meet let's... each other in our insecurities. <laughs> today i need you guys to be brave put on your brave boots and your game face because today's episode is gonna be spooky oh with like 15 o's prepare for this (laughs) really no i did (laughs) (laughs) because today we're gonna be loosely linking birthdays (laughs) with halloween Hey, there is a really strong tie between this. Yeah, well, we're going to do our very best to establish that. Yeah, there's a very similar intention with Halloween and birthdays. Yeah, at the very least, there are tricks and there are treats and there's... That's about it. The sounds of... The... Oh, they're both originally designed to ward off evil spirits. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and we've been speaking a lot about evil and bad spirits throughout all the episodes they've kind of been mentioned but never really given proper attention or air yeah and they're a huge part of it and it's one of the things that i've found out through this podcast that i've found the most fascinating so mm. i'm really glad that we're going to talk about it more who are these spirits what is their purpose yeah and why were people so done and how can you tell them to go away go away <laughs> But first, Jer, so I'm going to start with some decidedly less spooky birthday news, okay? Okay. So recently, a guy in Limerick won almost 3 million euros in the lottery. And do you know how he picked the winning numbers? He used the birthdays of his family members. This guy had actually been buying lottery tickets for 15 years, and every single time, he would use his family members' birthdays as the numbers. And he finally won. So he won (laughs) 3 million euros, and he says that he's not going to resign from his job because... I think is the quote was, what would I do? What would I get up for in the morning? What sort of example would that set for my kids? So he's going to keep working. And not only that, he's going to keep buying lottery tickets using his family's birthdays as the numbers. And he says if he wins again, he'll just give the money away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> I like that guy. Okay. You know, he's like, he's sticking to it. Yeah. He's like, this is what I do. I buy a lottery ticket every week. I use the same numbers and I go to work. (laughs) Hey, and there's something really nice about him buying all those tickets because all that money is going to a pool to give other people money as well. Yeah, exactly. So so it's collective sharing. Yeah, exactly. Good on you, guy. What was his name again? They refused to to disclose that. (laughs) (laughs) So every, I looked, so I found this, I saw the one article to start with. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny that you noticed that there was no name mentioned. And yeah, and I, I was like, okay, that's weird. They don't say his name. All right. So I looked for another article. No name. Like it just, I don't know, I guess he just wanted to go anonymous. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Incognito. So yeah, congratulations, mysterious man in Limerick who's... Limer. Dedicated to his job and Shaunus? family. Is, where, where is Shaunus? Limerick? Is it in Ireland? Oh, I thought you are guessing his name was Seanus. <laughs> <laughs> I am guessing his name is Seanus. Okay. Based on the fact that I think Limerick should be an island, but it might not be. You know, I wish I had answers to any question <laughs> you've asked me so far. beyond the article. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's the last time Jerry asked me a question ever because he's tired of hearing, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the same thing too. Like 
every time I give you something like, well, I don't think it's profound, but you're like, really? Tell me more. And I'm like, oh, well, we'll slow down here, Joe. Yes, we don't expose me as the fraud that I am for my researching fallibilities. Yeah. I fit this podcast research in around all my other <laughs> more important commitments. So, <laughs> all right. So first, I thought that we should probably start by trying to link birthdays and Halloween. Yes. Just a little bit of an overview. Yeah. Because otherwise it might seem like a stretch to people. They're like, wait, I signed up for a birthday podcast, mm. not a Halloween podcast. Although you should definitely be signing up for a, birth- a Halloween podcast as well. Because Halloween is the best day of the year, hands down. Season two. Of Happy Halloween Birthday, the podcast. (laughs) I don't know. Or just Happy Halloween, the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My mom's birthday is on Halloween. Really? Yeah. And um, I've read about that. I did. I read a section, and it was talking about his mother said her son's birthday was on Halloween, and she's like, you know what? We just gave up. Gave up on what? We abandoned his birthday on that day because (laughs) it wasn't about him. It's not about him. It's like my son's Christmas birthday. We're just a family of holiday birthdays, really. Yeah, Yeah, my mom, like, I'm not sure how she felt about it as a kid. But as as a grown-up, she doesn't care. Like, she... She always says that she likes it now because it gives her an excuse to not dress up. Because <laughs> she's like, she can just say, I'm just, I'm another year older for Halloween. Like that's her, that's yeah. her, what she's dressing up as. I'm like, mom, that's a little bit of a cop out. But. Yeah. All right, have your way. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I guess we could start by just talking about what Halloween actually is. Originally, we all know what it is today. It's an excuse to dress slutty <laughs> and eat candy. Um, <laughs> if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding I, I um, used to use it as an excuse to dress slutty but not anymore now I dress modestly on Halloween and still eat shitloads of candy so much candy <laughs> <laughs> so Halloween or All Hallows Eve more technically it falls on the day before what is now known as All Hallows Day which is uh, All Saints Day on November 1st it's a Christian holiday so that's what most people that look even a little bit beyond like the costume and candy would say, oh yeah, that's the true meaning of Halloween. But it goes a little bit deeper than that. So it's the night, traditionally, that the veil that separates the worlds of the living and the dead is at its thinnest. Mm. And so people that people that say, um, so that's why some people say that you dress up in costumes because you're trying to disguise yourself. Cool. So that these these... Um, spirits won't recognize you or take possession of you or just be like, oh, that's, yep, that's you just not the human in. I'm looking for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I wonder on that if um, people who aren't dressing up are actually spirits blending in as humans. Because <gasps> they didn't get the memo. They're like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to dress as Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. But I'm blending in as a human. Yeah. Maybe. If I see... <laughs> Your mum is a damn demon. She, is she, she must be, right? <laughs> Oh, God, it's upsetting. (laughs) Um, But interestingly, um, so that's actually a more modern thing. People saying that, you know, you're dressing up to disguise yourself from the evil spirits and they won't bother you. The true origin of Halloween is actually a more positive thing, less scary. It's actually true. Well, maybe not true, but they, they still say that the veil is at its thinnest. But when the veil is that thin, they say that it's actually an opportunity for your deceased ancestors to pass back through and celebrate with their family or their Mm. clan because this is way back from like celtic times their clan for Mm. that night so it's actually a really beautiful thing it's a day of revering the dead rather than fearing all the spooky evil spirits that Mm. are trying to get you um in ancient calendars so in this celtic calendar 
specifically, it was one of the most important days of the year mm. for that reason. So they celebrated it as the turning point of the year. It was the beginning of the dark phase of the year, the colder months when the days become shorter. Oh, and so that also makes, so you know, sense. makes yeah. it spooky. Mm. Also, the dead are crossing through, mm. which even though it was positive, is still a little spooky. <laughs> um, and cultures in Mexico and Egypt also have records of similar celebrations. Of mm. That turning point in the year and honoring the dead and... Yeah, it all carries through, surprisingly, across the world in Mm. these ancient cultures. What was originally meant to be a day of honoring the dead somehow became a day of tricks and treats and candies and costumes, um, which tends to happen. It kind of makes sense, though, (laughs) because that's even just taking the celebration a a lot more further now. Yeah, because it was always a celebration, and then it also had this element of death and spirits coming back into the world of the living. And so it's kind of just, I mean, it's really become... An entirely positive thing with the sort of like undertones mm. of being spooky and scary. Mm, mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I love the evolution of Halloween. I think cool. it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, spirits. Yeah. <laughs> well, that seems to be the underlying theme <laughs> yeah. of uh, our um, abridgment, if you will. Yeah. Um, very similar things, huh? Like, so I guess a lot of sort of the pagan communities, uh, religions... I found out that pagan is an umbrella term for a whole variety of different sort of um, ideologies that weren't Christian. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. They're just like not Christian. Pagan. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't give a shit about the specifics. And anything that's sort of evil or insidious behind any spirits or Halloween or anything else is because of Christianity trying to other it and, and put uh, a sort of a bad spin on it. Of course. That makes sense. And a lot of pagan, um, Religions actually had quite a healthy relationship with a lot of many aspects, including the darker aspects of being human and the other worlds. So, you know, it was a celebration of being those elements that are inherent in our nature. Yeah. Instead of the afterlife being a punishment and something to scare you into Mm. being, you know, a good Christian or a good person. So just to recap with birthdays, um, we understand that around birthdays, people tend to be a bit more vulnerable to bad spirits. Evil spirits tend to want to come out on birthdays and uh, harm people since this was the ancient belief. And so the birthday union, the party, the candles and everything else was a way to kind of gather around the person whose birthday it is and to spread more joy and cheer and to deter the evil spirits. Candles, blowing out the cake were also a way of reinforcing that by blowing good wishes and positive energy up to the gods to reinforce that person's protection. To be protected from all the evil spirits. All those evil spirits that are descending to, to that person. Yep. Um, so birthdays in a way are scarier than Halloween. Yeah, in some degree. Because that's when the spirits are actually out to get you. Yeah. Whereas on Halloween, traditionally, the actual origins is more of a positive thing. Like the good dead are coming to visit you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And there's this sort of extra belief that evil spirits lurked on days of major change. So as moving from one year to the next. And the turning point in the year, Halloween. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's these sort of moments of change that uh, make people a bit more vulnerable. Maybe that veil is a bit more thinner, as you had pointed out. Um, uh, A lot of the Greeks have sort of believed that um, a spirit would attend the birth of babies and that spirit had a mystic relation with the God on whose birthday the individual was born. So there was uh, a positive link and relationship with some spirits at that time for a lot of the Greek population. Oh. Wait, is that, so is that spirit so a lot evil? Of, Are uh, they always going to be battling with the God? No, it's just directly linked with the particular Greek God 
or goddess oh, at that time. Okay. And so there was a, a spirit relationship with that god on whose birthday you shared. Interesting. There was also a view that um, during medieval times, um, having babies was particularly hard and difficult. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of deaths. <clears throat> and so it was viewed that you needed to protect and enhance an infant's chances of surviving. And that's where also more of these sort of rituals and celebrations built up around um, birthdays because there was that sort of understanding that we needed to make sure that this space was sacred enough for a baby to have a chance of surviving. Okay. But also it was linked to times of medieval being quite, uh, I think a very, a big time of disease and um, mortality. And I'm just thinking that um, there's probably a link to... I'm just speculating here, but if mortality rates were very uh, high, particularly if you're a baby or a young person, then I imagine that's why these birth rituals become so important in those early stages of life. But as you get older, I don't know, like maybe less of an emphasis because you've kind of proven that you're going to live anyway. Okay. And there's spirits on the room side. That's my speculation. So So you mean like they're really just hanging around because they're like, this, this one might die and then... Yeah, maybe. We can take it away. Well, I, I just think that maybe given that people had a higher chance of dying back then, a lot of the spiritual beliefs might have been built up to... Oh, yeah. To, 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 under that belief that there was a time of a lot of sort of evil spirits taking people away. Yep. Oh, right. So they're just blaming it on the spirits. <laughs> yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, I mean, it was. I guess it would have been a very superstitious time. Like, is that where a lot of those... Old wives' tales of like, you know, putting a switch of hazel under your pillow and then burying it six feet into the ground, like yeah. stuff like that. Because they're like, we just need to find some explanation. Like, there we was, need to do something because we feel helpless. It was common that everyone had a birthing bag and it was full of amulets, beautiful cloths, and all these materials. And so that would be a way for you to sanctify the space when giving birth. Um, That's really interesting. And that, that was across bag. medieval um, Europe at the time. Spirits. Spirits, yeah. So. What are they? Mm. How can I make sure I don't get possessed? Mm. If I do happen to spot one, (laughs) how do I get it out of my face? Well, spirits, despite common popular belief, are generally here to offer assistance and rarely act with malice. That's sort of the rule of thumb with spirits. Okay. A lot of them are here as, as as a goodwill or a guidance or just many people, sort of people from your own life or everyone else who are kind of passing through. To clarify, do you know if like, so this traditional idea, original idea of spirits, if they are exclusively people, humans that have passed on, they've died, or are there other spirits that are, that have always been spirits? So the idea of demons and angels like that, is it? So there's, there's, I guess that's where they separate spirits and ghosts. Oh. So ghosts are sort of. Humans that have died. Humans who have lost their physical form. But in essence, have a spiritual form that sort of linger around in this plane. And spirits represent more, I guess, of the sort of mystical side of of things. They don't really have a human origins, but have that more higher plane origins. And so that's where pixies, elves, and sort of a lot of other sort of more earthly spirits. So you've got your nature spirits. Yeah. And all that sort of dominion. They're the spirit um, folk. Okay. Or the gods and goddesses, depending on that sort of relationship that's what they represent in the spirit essence and then the ghosts are sort of the human interpretation of that yeah cool that's an important distinction to make actually yeah i didn't think about that um so spirits from and what often i've known from some friends who um also have 
a big relationship with a lot of this sort of spirit world. They do a lot of sort of exploration and study into it. Um, a particular friend's mum is a clairvoyant and so has ongoing uh, rituals and has had a lot of experience in having conversing with that world. I think there's just, as you said, that there's this pockets where spirits cross over or ghosts cross over into the physical world. Sometimes they're essence of people with unfinished business or they're trying to communicate a message. Um, they're particularly curious beings and like to sort of hover around human activities and... And just watch. Just watch and they yeah. just sort of want to be a part of it all. And <laughs> some are quite happy to just come and go and they respect that they've got their role. Others get a bit more curious and want to linger around. And that's when you might have a bit of a, a spirit who kind of becomes attached to somebody because they're a bit sort of obsessed with what's going oh, on. Like a poltergeist situation where they... Yeah, but it could be good or bad or okay. no, no particular malice. They're just um, hang, really hanging around. Yeah, exactly. And the clear distinction in this is that you have a, a really a, a right to whether that spirit is there or not. And so if that spirit is making you really uncomfortable, then you are under your all entitlement to ask that spirit to move on. And that's what part of the first protocols is to actually speak to the spirit and just say, hi spirit, I really respect that you're here, but I believe that you should move on. Yeah. And I really bless you on your next journey. That's empowering. Yeah, and it's, it's encouraging a dialogue with this and just saying, yeah. look, this is not your space for you right now. I need you to move on because I'm not comfortable with this. And... There's a there's a this sort of discussion around what that means and how why would you feel uncomfortable and apparently it's got to do with your aura and the energy fields within yourself as a person and um, the spirit sort of uh, encroaching on that aura space and disrupting it in some way. So if you imagine they, yeah. they likened it to if for example I was inappropriately right in your personal space and just in your face the whole time and you're kind of like Jared can you just give me some space here I'm, I'm really being sort of I feel very claustrophobic here. Yeah. Like you're literally one inch from my face and breathing on me. That's very uncomfortable. The same idea is with a the spirit. They're inside your energy space or your aura space and they're kind of messing up with it and making you feel a bit stressed and a bit anxious. And there's never really any bad manifestations, but it just messes around with your energy a lot. So you'll feel okay. a bit more negative than you would say positive. That's fascinating. And so with a lot of spirits, as we just mentioned, they're generally good, but there are some ones that with some malice or some ill intent because from what i've read they tend to still the what those ones particularly retain maybe some elements of personalities from people if they're ghosts um and so they will bring in whatever that sort of personality or essence was from that person that was before them and so they're the ones that can be tend to be very tricky and may not listen to your uh request to leave you alone and they might persist to hang around a bit and be a bit annoying and a bit stubborn and really start to mess around with your... I try not to say juju because I keep going to say juju. Like, yeah. no juju. We need an alternative. Yeah, That's I know. Another word that... I've got to imprint something else. Yeah, messing around with your energy, basically. Yeah. Your aura. Harshing your vibe. So this is where cleansing or purifying or creating sacred spaces comes into it. Because this is where the, the more stubborn stains, <laughs> if I use that analogy, <laughs> can... It's like, yeah, it's like it's like the hardcore stain removers, you know. You yeah. get in there. And not that spirits, you, you're not stains at all, but sometimes I feel that way and you haven't really had a proper dialogue or respected their wishes and left. So, yeah. And then you get called a stain. 
brought it on yourself. Exactly. Which is really funny because one of the methods is smudging, right? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Using a smudge stick to, to, to cleanse the oh, space. Okay. Yeah. Which is just like a burning incense stick, right? Yeah. It's like sage, sweetgrass or any other herbs. Um, and the purpose of smudging is to use smoke to carry negative energy out of the area. So when you light a sage or a smudge stick, you're allowed to flame for a moment and then blow out the flame. And this will leave you with a, with a sort of burning um, herb bundle, which will create smoke. And so I think like the candles, it sort of is, is a sort of a vehicle to push the spirit out yeah, okay. and take that sort of negative energy away. Is that the origin of incense in church as well? I think so. Probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's to cleanse the area. Yeah. And just to say this, I got a little bit spooked last night. I just was <laughs> feeling a little bit on edge. So I put I'm on so my glad. incense in the room. No way. <laughs> <laughs> well, this just made me feel a bit more comfortable. And I, I like incense anyway, yeah. but it was just a little bit too cold and quiet in my room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because you're all like out on your own. In the exactly. Bungalow. That yeah, would yeah. be spooky. And yeah. um, I'm in the middle of moving at the moment. So I've just got boxes everywhere and everything's sort of feeling a bit uh, dismantled in my room. Yeah. So I haven't got that. Unsettled. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, it's just, this is my way of keeping myself centered in this. I like that. <laughs> um, I'm so glad. That's exactly what I, yeah. And making smudge sticks is so easy. I've, I've had a smudge stick before, but just cause I love the smell of sage. No, really? You um, made your own just like for your room? No, I just bought it cause I didn't realize what oh, it was okay. until I started using it. And I was like, oh, this is a smudge stick. Right. Um, but it's very easy. All you need is a bunch of herbs. Um, so you can use sage and lavender is more common rosemary and any of this sort of stuff and all it is is just grabbing all those um sort of herbs bundling up into a sort of a stick of some yeah. kind and getting cotton and just tying it up with cotton Easy. as much as you can and then you hang it up and let it dry for a few days and you've got your smudge stick got ready to go got a smudge stick and i never realized i could just make my own incense because yeah. i've got a shit ton of lavender and sage in the backyard yeah so that's handy so the next step is smudging is one way um but you could be using another method called asperging so asperging means using liquid and it's using the power of water to purify the area. This is typically done by sprinkling consecrated water around the perimeter of the space. And you can also asperge with milk, wine, or milk. blending any of those with honey. And so I think that's using sort of consecrated, but probably would mean blessed. Blessed. Yeah. So you would, and I feel like a lot of these sort of milk, wine, or honey are kind of holy milk liquids. is a weird one i was like sweeping milk my and- house constantly when i was breastfeeding it's like boobs exploding <laughs> your whole yeah. all the time. <laughs> i can't believe milk is an option i kind of feel like milk milk and honey just seemed like a bit of a, a purity thing for me back yeah in the day. well i mean they're, they're usually associated with like the promised land and like and there you and go. yeah promised sustenance and well-being like in the bible yeah. the land and flowing with milk they're, and they're honey. like nutritious food that is important for people's livelihoods and yeah. I imagine at periods of time where um probably uh agriculture wasn't really around or it wasn't really as prominent um or reliable then yeah. honey and milk becomes another alternative that's true because they're like they're i guess they're probably pretty well maybe not i don't know would you say renewable like they're they're yeah yeah yeah, they're yeah, always yeah, yeah exactly made, so. yeah if the ground wasn't going to give you anything at least animals can give you something exactly so that's one method another method is sweeping um, so this is where the broom is associated with cleaning and purifying. You can use a broom or a basom to go around the edges of the space, sweeping negativity away as you go. It's a good idea to start and finish near a door so that the negative energy can literally be swept outside. Okay, that's easy enough. That's easy. Salt has been used for purification for thousands of years. Use a bowl of sea salt, sprinkle around the area to cleanse the space and make it sacred. 
Some people like to use salt crystal lamps as well. Okay. I didn't know those were... Actually, I guess they're always associated with purifying an area. I've always thought that meant purifying the air. Yeah. And, and I think that's just the evolution of that idea yeah. through different traditions. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah. I have a weird little relationship with salt lamps. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's beyond the whole point of what salt was meant to do anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So you have a weird relationship with salt lamps. I didn't know that about you. It's good to know. Moving on. <laughs> Fire. In many cultures, fire is used to ritually purify and cleanse a space. You can do this by lighting a candle and walking the area or sprinkling cooled ashes around the perimeter. Although this can be messy. That would be awful. So there you go. There, there's some initial steps of cleansing spaces for yourself. Yeah. Um, if none of this stuff works and in cases there are really persistent, quiet, really evil douchebags out there, <laughs> um, you got to call in some proper extra help with some clairvoyants or people who are well attuned in working within these spaces okay. and, can, and can convene um a sort of a, at a higher level um with the spirit so you might um, ask them to leave and don't you try your rituals. sweeping or your the, no the milk and honey when i like that one yeah smudging, smudging. asperging you can sweep salt yeah. or fire you try and those if not, doesn't work you get a professional in calling the big guns okay and they because they can connect with them on like you said a deeper, higher level. Mm. That's why. Yeah. There's something about their cultivation of these higher energies within spirit plane. They have the sort of strength and capacity, resiliency to do that. And I haven't read any more into that. Um, That's fascinating. So I don't want to talk into areas that I have no idea about. <laughs> but yeah, you can, I would encourage you to read a bit further. Yeah. Talking to other people who are sort of within that clairvoyance or spirit space. I well, just really want to know if it's real. Like, do you believe in ghost share um, slash spirits? I'm open to the possibility. Can't say I've been 100% convinced, but there have been times where I'm like, ooh, it feels like there's a little presence in the room or a little pitter-patter on my bed. And I was reading little things there, like apparently animals are very common spirits that might come in there because they're very soothing and comforting. So they might mm. come there to soothe and comfort you in times of distress or grief or anything else. And there's been moments where I've been on my bed and going to sleep and I've felt little, like almost like a little cat pitter-pattering on my bed. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's a really weird feeling. Yeah, and it's and, kind and, of comforting. And I, and but and also... I know that feeling because, you know, I've grown up with cats all my life. So, um, And apparently when you sleep, you're also most vulnerable to um, the spirit realm because your defenses and guards are at their lowest. That makes sense, yeah. So I think like moments of sleep paralysis, oh, you've yeah. experienced that. That really feels I haven't, like, but I've read a lot about it. It feels it like a, me. it feels like a spirit moment. Like there's been moments where it's just like that feeling of something. It's always um, really bad though, like sleep. Well, yeah, I, I've I've turned that around for me in that relationship because yeah. initially it was scary, but when I understood what was going on, I was open to it. I'm just like, uh-huh. oh, this is just what's happening, and I let it happen. And have you actually seen a shape? Because a lot of I a lot of experiences of sleep paralysis involves like a shape being in the room or at least a very distinct presence that you, people can sense. I've had a distinct presence, can't open my eyes during sleep paralysis, just can't. Oh, okay. Because I'm paralyzed, so. Oh, okay. Um, I think people that I, other people I know that have experienced it, they have had their eyes open. Or at least I've just, maybe it's more of a sense of the room. Because it, it mistook that for yeah, seeing the room. Because um, I think the tricky thing is that you're kind of in a period of sleep. So while your brain's woken up, your body's still in, in, in the sleep paralysis. This is what uh, I was speaking to Imo about it. And I, I uh, prefaced that I might have the details, some of the details wrong. But from what I understand is it's just there's a bit of disruption in some of the, the chemical processes of when you go to sleep. And so generally your brain sort of 
sort of shuts down for sleep and then your body gets paralyzed to enable that process. But sometimes with sleep paralysis, your brain wakes up, but your body's still paralyzed. And so then you kind of got this weird feeling of can't move your body, but your brain's still active. And then I kind of feel like, and this is just me adding my speculation, that there's a bit of confusion around that feeling of being paralyzed, sort of mixed up with having just been asleep and the dream state, and then that all sort of blending into one experience. Okay, yeah. Um, and I'm not disproving that anyone has maybe, because a lot of people convinced that they've had an essence of a spirit. I've felt like there's been something pushing down on me and an essence in the room, but I can't corroborate that because I've had really weird dreams in the past. And yeah. It's a very similar feeling to those dreams. God, it's spooky though. I thought I'd finish up by just establishing one last link between Halloween and birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever heard Halloween be called Satan's birthday? <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, so the, I'm really? pretty sure this is just an American thing because, as you know, America is like, a, it's a pretty religious country, at least compared to Australia. Mm. Um, in fact, a poll in the US showed that 70% of Americans believe in the devil. 70%? And 70%. Oh, right. That's not the same as worshipping the devil. Oh, no, they're not. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, my brain's like, wow, that's a lot. 70% that makes of a Americans lot more are sense. Satanists, yes. Um, oh Actually, that would be better if that yeah. <laughs> I actually learned more about Satanists recently. They're lovely. And their ter- the term is just, it's like, it's a commentary. It has nothing to do with Satan. Not at I didn't all. know that. Yeah. I was brought up thinking that they were li- literally worshipping like Satan. like, And they wanted yeah. every death and destruction for all. But yeah, very interesting. You guys should read more about Satanists if you have the time. Um, another poll showed that um, 51% of those people believed in demonic possession and 45% believed in the power of exorcism. Mm. So it's like, that's a lot of freaking people, millions Mm. upon millions of people that believe in the devil and possession and demons and exorcism. So, um, with the huge evangelical movement in America, Mm. obviously they weren't down with the idea of Halloween because it has these pagan origins and it's, um, it's a cult in their mind. It has nothing to do with Christianity. So, They've labeled it Satan's birthday. They gave that the title. Yep. Ah. Yep. They gave it. it has nothing to do with, um, the, as far as I could tell in my research, there's really no origin of Satan being bursting onto the scene on All Hallows Eve. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's completely made up. Um, like yeah. other, many other formerly pagan holidays, as mm. we've discussed on this podcast, um, if it had anything to do with superstition, or, um, or the occult Christianity rebranded it mm. because they knew that the people wanted to keep having reasons to celebrate and parties, but they needed to make it a little more um, in line with the Christian beliefs. Mm. Yep. And, and to distinguish it a lot more, I imagine. Yep. You know, it's like a rebranding exercise. A rebrand, exactly. It's exactly what it is. How are we going to corner this market? We, what's our <laughs> differentiation? What's our value offer? Yeah. Well, we can allow... Actually, what is their value offer? I don't see what they've added. <laughs> what have they added? They need... I think... <laughs> I think they need to put together a value offer. So the, it was really like political. They tended to go to the schmear campaign, so they made them look worse in order to make their brand look better. Exactly. So really highlighted like the worst aspects or the mm. most threatening aspects of something like Halloween. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, used the day, because there was already a lot of expectations around mm. celebrating on that day, used it to freak one of their own messages. Like, uh, for instance, with Christianity, it would be um, All Saints Day, which is the day after. So... Now, if you're celebrating around that time, you're celebrating All Saints Day, you still dress up, but you dress as a saint. 
still get candy because, you know. Of course. You celebrate. Competition. I think they've they've lost that battle. (laughs) No one wants all Saints Day. (laughs) There's no battle on, yeah, hopefully they're not trying to battle candy. They're just too busy battling Harry Potter and Halloween. (laughs) So, I hope my family's not listening because some of my family members don't celebrate Halloween. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, that's all I got, Jared. That was an awesome episode. Halloween is one of my favorite days of the year. Spooky birthday! It was so spooky. Mm. And, um... Yeah, happy birthday to my mama for tomorrow. Aw, happy birthday. Her name's Kathy. Kathy. (laughs) Thanks, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Kathy, a hip hip hooray to you. And if you're not Kathy and it's your own birthday today, a hip hip hooray to you too. That was great. That was a good app. (laughs) It really was. That was really fun. I've been so excited for that one. Short and you have just been